Does the Pope have a secret document in the works to further restrict the traditional Latin Mass? We've been hearing this rumor for months now, and this week, Dr. Robert Moynihan, a man I've met and respect, he's a Vatican journalist at Inside the Vatican. I encourage you to read his work and follow him has released a letter, and I'm going to read that letter today, that asserts from a priest in a traditional order that a bishop has seen the working document, and it's going to restrict the traditional Latin Mass, and it's due to be released April or May. So here's what I'm going to do today. This is an important topic on this document. I'm going to give you a brief timeline of the history of the traditional Latin mass controversy beginning in 1963 and running up to 2023. I'm going to do it very quickly because a lot of people don't realize what a long battle this has been. And we're effectively, if this is true, we're effectively going to hit the restart button. We aren't, sorry. Francis is going to hit the restart button. So that's what we're going to do. Then we're going to look at the letter that Dr. Moynihan has released. And then at the very end, I'm going to give you my prediction. I'm either going to be right and dead on, and you're like, man, that Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast is so solid, or in a few months, in April or May, I will be dead wrong. And you can laugh at me, and you can wag your finger and talk about what a dummy I am. Either way, you're going to be entertained, I guess. But I think I have a pretty good pulse on what's going on. So let's get right into it. Before I read the letter with from Dr. Robert Moynihan, we're going to go through the history. So in 1963, a year after the Second Vatican Council started, there was issued a document, a constitution on the sacred liturgy. It's called Sacrosanctum Concilium, the Most Holy Council, and it calls for a new liturgy. And this picture was taken a little bit later, but here you see Pope Paul VI with, count them up, one, two, three, four, five, six Protestant ministers. The one on the far right is Max Turian. When I was a Protestant minister, an Anglican priest, I read a lot of books by Max Turian on the liturgy. I once thought he was great. Well, he's not. He's a heretic. And these are the kind of so-called scholars that were informing the liturgical movement in the 50s and especially in the 1960s in the formation of what becomes the Novus Ordo Mass. So this brings us through the Second Vatican Council. And then in 1967, a draft was produced of the new Mass. And it was called the Novus Ordo or the Normative Mass. And it was performed, it was celebrated in public in the presence of bishops. And the bishops were asked to vote. 71 bishops voted Pochett, approved, liked it. 43 voted non-Pochett, don't like it, not approved. And 62 voted Pochett Euxtimodum, that is approved, but with reservations. I'm not so sure about it, kind of a maybe. So just in case you're keeping number here, 71 were for it, 43 were against it, and 62 
were kind of against it with reservations. That means the majority, 105 of those bishops, were not giving it the thumbs up, were not giving it the green light. And this was related to the theological question of the new mass. So on the screen, you see Cardinal Alfredo Ottaviani. He was in charge of the Holy Office, what people today call the Congregation for Doctrine of the Faith. And he produced or oversaw a short critical study of the new order of the Mass. This has become known as the Ottaviani Intervention. It was penned in part, or one of the great minds behind it was um, Gerard de Laurier, the Dominican theologian. Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre was involved in it as well. And they said, this liturgy seems a little Protestant. It reminds us of Luther. It reminds us of the Anglican liturgy of Thomas Cramner. It's stripped down, especially Eucharistic prayer too. Uh, the Roman canon is optional. We've got Eucharistic prayer two, three, four. Where did these come from? They're not 100% authentic patristic liturgies. They've been massaged. And then also just references to sacrifice in the prayers. References to saints are made um, optional. So what's going on here? These are the questions that they had. You know, this is also just after, you know, Second Vatican Council, Pope Paul VI, you see him on the screen. You know, he took the, the papal tiara off and put it on the altar and said, no more papal tiara. We're going into a new age of the church. As a matter of fact, there on his right, you can see Cardinal Ottaviani. Interestingly enough, well, this reaction ultimately crystallized in 1970 with the great missionary voice, Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre. There's a picture of Archbishop Lefebvre with his beard. He's with, this is an older picture with Pope Pius XII. This was taken before 1958. Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre was. A, a champion of the missionary movement with the Holy Ghost Fathers. At one point, he was the archbishop, I don't know what the exact title is, delegate for most of Central Europe, I think even Madagascar. It's quite impressive. He has a missionary spirit. Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre wanted souls to be saved. And he had seen in Africa, a non-European context, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of Africans come to know and love and worship and serve Jesus Christ with a heart full of faith, hope, and charity. And they were chanting the Latin mass. They were worshiping God in the holy sacrifice. And he saw that the traditional sacraments worked great on the missionary field. He was unhappy with the new mass, did not accept it. And in 1970, there's a picture of him as an older man, in 1970, Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre founded the Society of St. Pius X. And the Society of St. Pius X was originally for seminarians and priests who did not want to say the new mass, but wanted to celebrate the seven sacraments and the divine liturgy and the breviary in the way, the old ways, the way that they had been ordained. That's what they wanted to say. How can it be wrong? If this is the, Marcel Lefebvre said, if I was ordained for this mass and these sacraments and I've done them my whole life, thousands of times, why are they now wrong? Why are they now abolished? Why are they now banned? It doesn't make sense. We're just gonna keep on doing it and forming seminarians and forming priests to continue the traditional Latin mass. Well, this movement of course grows. 
It swells into the pontificate of John Paul II. And in 1988, as you know, Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre, in disobedience to John Paul II, went ahead and he consecrated four bishops. I think I have a picture of it here. Yeah, here it is. This is from that. You can see how many people were there. I mean, look off in the distance. He said, look, if we're going to have priests on every continent celebrating the Latin Mass and having confirmations by bishops in the Latin tradition and baptisms and everything that, that goes with the traditional Latin Mass, we are going to, and I'm getting old, Lefebvre said. This was in 88. He died in 91, I believe. Um, we need bishops. So he went ahead against the wishes of Pope John Paul II and received notice of excommunication for himself and for the four bishops who he consecrated. I think I have a picture of them here. Yep, here we go. All right, there they are. Because of this, there were many priests in the, in the uh, Society of St. Pius X who wanted to not be under ecclesiastical censure. And so they made a deal with Ratzinger to form the Fraternity of St. Peter, Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter, FSSP. Many of us are familiar today, but this was all brand new in 1988. And that kind of created this environment in the Catholic Church beginning in 1988 of, okay, the Latin Mass is here to stay. Is it something that can be accomplished and can it grow? And can we have a hierarchy that endorses the traditional Latin Mass with the Fraternity of St. Peter? And then later with the Institute of Christ the King and other religious orders, male and female? Or is the right way forward to follow the path of Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre, who tried to work with the local bishops, but got the door slammed in his face almost every single time and just said, hey, I'm a missionary. Let's be missionaries. Let's just do it. That's really the debate. And it's still the debate right now in the traditional Latin mass movement. And that debate has become so loud under Pope Francis. Now, you'll remember that Pope Benedict XVI in 2007, I believe it was. Let me check my notes here. Yeah. July 7th, 2007, he issued Sumorum Pontificum. He also removed the excommunication off the Society of St. Pius X bishops. Lefebvre had already died. But now the excommunication is lifted, and he fulfills the request of Marcel Lefebvre. He says every single Catholic priest on planet Earth can now say the Latin Mass. They don't need to go to the bishop. They don't need to go to the Pope. I am now giving them permission, universal permission. That was one of the great gifts of Pope Ben the Sixteenth. And here is what Pope Ben the Sixteenth said concerning the traditional Latin Mass. He says, "What earlier? This is quote." What earlier generations held as sacred remains sacred and great for us too. And it cannot be all of a sudden entirely forbidden or even considered harmful. It behooves us all, or sorry, it behooves all of us to preserve the riches which have developed in the church's faith and prayer and to give them their proper place, end quote. What I love about this quote from Pope Benedict, may he rest in peace, 
is that what earlier generations, I'm talking about Catholics in the early 1900s, Catholics in the 1800s, 1700s, 16, 1500s. Let's all go back to the 1200s, Thomas Aquinas. Let's go back to the 800s, 700s, 600s, 500s. These prayers, this mass, that's the wrong quote. These prayers, this mass, it cannot be considered out of date, no longer any good. It remains, Benedict says, it remains sacred and great for us too. Now, how can Francis deny what Benedict just said? If earlier generations held the traditional Latin mass is sacred, it remains sacred and great too. It cannot all of a sudden be entirely forbidden or considered harmful. But then what happened? Pope Benedict got old. And we got somebody new. Remember that time when Francis Bergoglio walked out on the loggia with Cardinal Daniels, pedophile cover-upper? It's disgusting, shameful. And what we've experienced since 2013 is a persecution against tradition, and I don't think anyone denies that. I could bring James Martin on the screen right now and say, would you say that traditional Latin mass has been restricted and that people that want the traditional Latin mass have been pushed away? I think he would say yes. Now, he'd say it's all your fault and y'all are a bunch of idiots and why can't you get with the spirit and get groovy? Flow with our Jesuit masses. We don't want that. So that's what's happened. Now, the big bomb happened in less than two years ago, July 16th, 2021. Pope Francis issued Traditionis Custodis. Traditionis Custodis basically took what Pope Benedict said and just got a magic marker and just took it away. It was gone. The Latin Mass was allowed. If you have special super faculties given to you by Rome, the older guys, the older priests were grandfathered in, but there's to be no more new Latin Mass parishes. If you're a diocesan priest, you're not going to be allowed unless you get some special permission from Rome to say the Latin Mass and so on and so forth. It's very, very sad. There's reports just a few weeks ago from Rorate Chaley and also where Peter is that Francis was shown YouTube videos of yours truly, me, Taylor Marshall, and also another American uh, voice. I know, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. You probably could figure it out. And they were shown these videos to Pope Francis and said, look, this, this is the guy involved in, uh, he's anti-Pachamama, he's teaching infiltration, that your pontificate is a sign of infiltration, that the Vatican is compromised. You know, these people, these deplorables like Taylor Marshall, they like Archbishop Vigano. They think Vigano is right. 
and they like Thomism and they think liberation theology is heretical. They don't just think it's bad or out of style. They think it's heretical. They like the Council of Trent. People like Taylor Marshall, they, they tell people to read the catechism of the Council of Trent. And they go to masses where there's berettas and Roman chasubles, fiddlebacks, and there's lace. And, you know, they pray the rosary every day and they're so rigid. They even go to confession sometimes just to confess venial sins. They're neurotic. They have big families. They breed like rabbits. They've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve kids, these people. And so, allegedly, according to Arate Chaley or where Peter is, Francis was shown, I don't know which video of me, and said, these are the people who are undermining you, and their lifeline is the Latin Mass, is the traditional Latin Mass. Now, I've been saying for years, the goal of Francis and the, and the leftists, the modernists, the occultists, should I say it? I'll say it. The Freemasons is to corral all of us and to move us closer and closer to the door of the church, hoping we will run away, but we'll never run away from Mother Church. Church is our mother. And when they'll say, okay, now y'all are all just like the Society of St. Pius X group, and now we're going to kick you out the door, and behind your back we're going to call you schismatics, and we'll just meet with you every five years as if you're kind of like the Eastern Orthodox. Now, I'm not accepting those terms, and you're not accepting those terms, but I think that's how they think the game's going to go. What they don't understand is our birth rates are awesome. Our vocations are awesome. You know, there's a whole generation of JP2 seminarians, and there's a whole generation of Benedict XVI seminarians. There's a whole generation of Pope Francis seminarians. You know that? Huge generation. I'm not being ironic. I'm dead serious. Those are the seminarians who say, I don't like Francis. I'm joining the Fraternity of St. Peter. I'm joining the Institute of Christ the King. I'm joining the SSPX. The Pope Francis generation is a generation of seminarians and priests rejecting Bergoglio and his destruction. The legacy of Bergoglio Francis is young men and young women rejecting his boomer modernism. That's what's up. That's the Francis vocation boom jesuits dying the old major orders even franciscans not doing well the traditional orders are turning men away because they don't have enough beds and classrooms which is why you should donate i do our family support traditional seminarians and seminaries so let's look at this letter it's obvious Francis Bergoglio despises with an infernal hatred tradition. In a previous video, I talked about, and you should watch it, the story that Francis, that Bergoglio tells of when he's a young boy, how he was, you know, in the traditional Latin Mass, you transfer the missile from the epistle side to the gospel side, and 
back from the gospel side to the epistle side. It's one of the really cool functions of the altar boy. Francis says when he was a young man, he wasn't very strong, and he fell, and he dropped the altar missile on the ground while transferring it. Very embarrassing for him. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not Dr. Jordan Peterson. But when I hear Francis reflect about his youth and reflect about that incident, I can just see a wounded little boy, embarrassed, making mistakes, dropping things in the liturgy. Is that why he has tridentine phobia? I don't know. All right, let's look at the letter here. This is released by Dr. Robert Moynihan. Got to give him credit. And I'm going to read it. Here it is. I'm reading it from his site, Inside the Vatican. Hi, Robert. As we both know, there are no real secrets in Rome. So without revealing the identity, I can tell you that an archbishop in the United States has seen this document about which rumors abound and confirmed to a priest friend of mine who is a person of true integrity and would not casually spread rumor that it does indeed contain what some have guessed at, a further suppression of the traditional Latin mass with an exception for religious orders who solely celebrate privately no parish churches, and some possible further clarifications for the fraternity of St. Peter. It was found necessary to issue the second letter because of the lack of implement, implementation of Pope Francis's motu proprio by a good number of bishops around the world using Canon 87. It is scheduled for release sometime in April or May and would carry the weight of an apostolic exhortation to match that of St. Paul VI formally establishing the new right. It would effectively take away from the bishops any further say or exceptions in the matter. If issued, I believe it would push the traditional Latin mass underground and further add to the ranks of the Pius X society, which has grown by three times since the issue, issuance of the motu proprio by Francis. This will not end well. The traditional Latin Mass will survive, whether any Catholics will continue to go to a further watered-down Novus Ordo, which is also supposed to be part of this document, will remain to be seen. Attendance at weekly Sunday Mass by Catholics is currently at 12% in the United States, and it is 2.5% in the Netherlands. If I learn of any further information on all of this, I will be sure to send you an update. God bless, and thank you for all you do. Anonymous. Okay, so the thing that jumps out right away is this is an apostolic exhortation. What you need to know about papal documents is at the very top, you got apostolic constitution, which is dogma, doctrine, encyclicals, which is doctrinal, doctrine again. And then you have apostolic exhortation, which is encouraging the faithful to do something. For example, Paul VI issued apostolic exhortation, encouraging everyone, hey, let's get with the whole new mass, Novus Ordo. John Paul II had an exhortation on the family. Um, below that or around that is a motu proprio. That's kind of like a papal executive order, usually just used to change canon law. So Ben XVI used a motu proprio to give freedom for the Latin mass. Francis used a motu proprio to take that away. And now Francis is doubling down again He's going to issue something higher, an apostolic exhortation. That's the letter. It's going to be bad. Are you ready? Are you prayed up? 
Are you praying your rosary every day? Don't cry. Don't get scared. Let's go. Now, do you want to hear my predictions? This is where I'm either going to be right or you're all going to laugh at me. I'm going to be right. I think I'm going to be right. First off, what will this document do? It's going to repeat everything that Traditionis Custodis said, but it's going to put teeth on it. The really embarrassing thing for Francis is that he issued it, and while some bishops enforced it, half or most did not really enforce it. It was actually very common, not just in America, but all over the world, for bishops to write who were friends with their traditional priests and say, hey, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. Everything's going to go on as it went before. And that's where in some places happened. Other places like Chicago under Cardinal Supich, who's always trying to impress Bergoglio and try to be more modernist and more liberal and more heretical than all the other cardinals. He was slapping traditionalists around like no other. This is going to make it so that bishops can't, can't look the other way. He's going to put pressure on the bishops to enforce. So for example, in a local parish, if a new mom and dad want their baby baptized in the traditional Roman rite, not the Novus Ordo baptism, which has one exorcism, the real Roman baptism, which has three exorcisms, the one that we've been using for over a thousand years, powerful. Both are valid, by the way. Both are valid. Before now, you, you priests will, you know, bishops will look the other way. They'll get it done. They're going to make that an offense. They're going to start censuring people over it. Okay, so that's one prediction that I have. A second prediction is that Francis is going to set something in motion to require all priests and all religious orders to participate in the chrism mass by means of con celebration. This is going to force traditional priests, like those in the fraternity of St. Peter, to con-celebrate in the Novus Ordo. Participate in the Novus Ordo. That's been coming for a while, and I think if Francis really wants to get down, he's going to push that. Something that's already entered at Sinos Custodis that's going to also get more teeth on is no more of the other six sacraments in the traditional formularies. This could mean, maybe, we don't know, that fraternity of St. Peter, their priests would have to be ordained in the Novus Ordo, not in the traditional rite. I don't know. It could mean that even if you go to a fraternity of St. Peter parish, maybe if you're going to get confirmation, you don't get the old traditional confirmation. You can get the Novus Ordo confirmation with the bishop. Because remember, Francis believes that the Novus Ordo is the only expression of the Roman rite. That means he wants the traditional one to go bye-bye, even though Benedict said that shouldn't happen. And then the most draconian that could happen and I've talked to a source that think this is legit, is that the triduum of Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, 
using the traditional liturgy will be thoroughly and entirely abolished, except for maybe fraternity of St. Peter or certain orders. But that you will not be able to do Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday using the traditional 1962 or before liturgies. This will require every single layman to go to the Novus Ordo on those three days. Supich has done this before, by the way. They've, they've floated this out before. Now, my friend Matt Gasper said, wouldn't it be interesting if Francis released this on April 3rd? April 3rd is the date that Paul VI issued his apostolic exhortation, making the Novus Ordo Mass the new Mass on April 3rd. Francis could use that day as a sign that he's just standing with his predecessor, Paul VI, and just hammering down the Novus Ordo. That day, April 3rd, is a Monday in Holy Week. That means if he issued that, and the things that I'm suggesting it might say, during Holy Week, that would be explosive indeed. Especially if it had norms for Chrism Mass, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. And because of that, I don't think Francis would drop it on April 3rd, unless he's just super draconian and just really wants to send a message. Now, let me give you some perhaps good news on this. This document has been in works since before the death of Benedict XVI. Pope Francis, the way he treated the body and the funeral of Pope Benedict was seen by many as shameful. In Rome, they're still talking about how Benedict was not rightfully honored by Francis. This, depending on Francis himself, he'll either want to buy time and look nicer because if he comes out and further reverses, reverses again, Sumorum Pontificum of Ben XVI, people are going to notice and people are going to compare him to Benedict. And he doesn't want that. It might be that the death of Pope Ben XVI on December 31st puts the brakes on this document. His advisors may be saying, hey, Benedict died. This is going to look bad for you to do it so soon. Wait some time. Problem is Francis doesn't have much time to wait. An alternative to that is Francis' advisors are saying, yippee-ki-yay, woo-hoo. Benedict is dead. Now we can really do what we want to do. Smash the trads. Benedict is dead. Smash the trads. I honestly don't know what his advisors are saying. Francis has been aggressive towards traditionalists in the past and even more so in the last couple of years. He seems to be frustrated that his synod of synodality where he's listening to the voice of all the people and all the people are saying at least the ones that are going to church every sunday we don't want all this junk we don't want yo mama pachamama we don't want that and we agree with cardinal pell when he said that the catholic church must be free of this toxic nightmare we are a reminder that Francis has failed. He's failing in trying to make the church a globalist, Marxist, socialist, 
communist, liberal, LGBT, vegan, green, nonprofit. The Catholic Church is the one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. It is the mystical body of Jesus Christ and the bride of Jesus Christ. The gates of hell will never prevail against the Catholic Church. Although Christ gave the keys to Peter and to all the popes, that guarantee includes popes themselves. Not even popes can destroy the beauty, the truth, and the goodness of the one true church. Here's a message for Bergoglio. We have better birth rates in the trad community. You can't stop it. I got eight kids. Other people I know, 10 kids, 12 kids. Some of these children have never been to a Novus Ordo. They go to the traditional mass. Let me tell you something else, Bergoglio. We have the vocations. Young men don't want to join the effeminate lavender fruitcake seminaries and learn how to be a social justice warrior and do ecumenical studies. That's going to die. All that's going to die. The whole groovy 1960s, 1970s ecumenical group hug is all going to die. It's over. All all of us are going to die. But the people who have the vitality, that is the life, who don't want to abort their kids and don't want society to abort the kids and think contraception is a mortal sin and don't want the Eucharist dropped on the ground or stolen by occultists or who want the best liturgy and the best music and the best architecture and the best vestments, not because we're rigid or showy, but because in our hearts, by God's grace, we love Jesus. And when you love Jesus, your heart follows. You have exterior actions of reverence, of piety, of devotion. We want beauty. We don't want all this weird, you know, like where they have the Ikea table as an altar and they got the two candles on one end, weirdo, Freemasonic nonsense. They got the the janky new art, looks like a comic book, you know? They got the altar not even in the middle. They got it turned around. I mean, the vestments, they got the felt banners. You know, Sister Joan is is singing, uh, what was her name? Joan Baez tunes. I mean, this is this is done. It's completely done. And we will not ever make friends with the world or the UN or the EU or Greta, what's her name? Or Joe Biden. See, sin is sterile, just like sodomy and contraception and heresy and schism. It's sterile. It doesn't grow. So they can try it. But you know what? You know what I have hope on? Some people are going to get a little upset. This is a little edgy. This is a Taylor Marshall edgy moment. I'm going to put it on the screen. There's Lefebvre. Lefebvre was fighting it in 1970. You may say, boo-hoo, I don't like Lefebvre, schismatic, SSPX, blah, 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 I don't like it. Look, 
From 1970 until 1988, the only way you were going to really get a traditional Latin mass is if you were involved in that movement. I don't think God hated it. I don't think God condemned it. Are there sinners in it? Were mistakes made? Yes. But that was a fight from 1970 to 1988. 18-year fight. And you know what? We might have an 18-year fight ahead of us. But we got young men. We got young. In the last week, I have had two families come to me and say, thank you for what you're doing. Our daughters listened to you, watched you, took your courses at New St. Thomas Institute, where one of them did, and is joining the Carmel to become a Carmelite. I'm not taking credit for that. I'm just saying the circles that I run in and people that I talk to, we have, there are daughters joining the Carmel, becoming Carmelites. There are young men becoming priests, traditional priests, not kumbaya. This is real. This is the vitality. And you know what? As we have, Father Frank Pavone was on early this week. He's been laicized. You know about that? Father Frank Pavone's laicized. He's not wearing a Roman collar. He's wearing a polo. It's sad. Breaks my heart. He's smiling. He said, well, this Pope will either change his mind on me or he's going to die. And then I'll deal with the next Pope. There's a saying in Italian. I don't know how to say it in Italian, but it translated into English as fat Pope, skinny Pope, skinny Pope, fat Pope. And what that means in Italian is Popes come and go. One decade, you got a skinny Pope. Next decade, you got a fat Pope. Next decade, you got a skinny Pope. Skinny Pope, because in Italy, they've seen Popes come and go for 2,000 years. What remains the same yesterday, today, and forever is Jesus Christ. The apostolic teaching that he gave to the 12 apostles, which never changes, which includes the seven sacraments, the gospel, the means of salvation, faith and morals passed down perfectly without interruption for 2,000 years, including right now, whether we're in an eclipse of the church or not, it's still real. The deposit of faith is still intact. I believe it. You believe it. And there's nothing that Francis Bergoglio can do. It'll be a hiccup. That's another reason why I say pray your rosary every day. They can't take the rosary. They can take your beads away, but then you still got 10 fingers. They cut your 10 fingers off, you still got 10 toes. They cut those off, you got 10 knuckles. I don't know. You always can pray the rosary. Pray the rosary every day you're not on a team. That's going to be strength for you. And then if you can, find the traditional Latin mass, and we'll see what happens. But again, just to review, here are my predictions of what will happen. It will require all priests to acknowledge the goodness of the liturgical forms and to celebrate them. It will require all priests to concelebrate at Chrism Mass. It will likely require, maybe not, the laity to attend Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday in the Novus Ordo. And as was already seen in Traditions Custodis, the other six sacraments the form of exorcism, everything that goes with the old, old rites and usages will not be allowed, except for maybe certain orders, perhaps the fraternity of St. Peter. But on the diocesan level, bye-bye. Francis doesn't want it. All right.
You got to be joyful. You have a moral obligation to rejoice because Jesus and St. Paul says to rejoice. Again, I say rejoice, St. Paul says. We have to pray every day. We have to teach the faith, believe the faith, not doubt the faith. It's a hard time to be a Catholic. Go strong. Go strong. Pray the rosary every single day. All right, we're going to pray a uh, Hail Mary together. We'll do it in Latin. Uh, just to remind, oh, by the way, if you want to get the full timeline of everything I did, there's an appendix where you can read all the chapters in my book, Infiltration. Infiltration, the plot to destroy the church from within. It's an audible, also in Kindle, paperback, or no, hardback. Check it out. Also my new book, Antichrist and Apocalypse, related to certain topics I discussed today. Uh, if you want to move, to find yourself a fraternity of St. Peter, traditional parish to avoid a lot of this. Talk to Real Estate for Life at realestateforlife.org. Tell them you heard it on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. And if you want to study and learn the Latin responses, learn how to pronounce Latin, speak the elements of Latin, have a basic understanding of Latin, to understand the traditional Latin mass, where it came from, how it was sustained, and how to attend it, where to put the ribbons in your book, how to know the difference between a high mass, a misa cantata, and a solemn high mass, and a pontifical high mass. I have a whole online course on that. And there's a, a special going on right now where you can get the online course and get the Bible in a year course that I've been talking about earlier. You go to newsaintthomas.com and you can take that course. Thousands of people have taken the course. And I would encourage you, if you want to get serious and understand it, NewStThomas.com. I don't know of any other online course like this. I'll take you through every single part of the Mass. I'll teach you how to respond in Latin very slowly, tell you what it means, where it comes from in church history, etc. It's very valuable, and it, it's not—it's not too burdensome. It's not super long. So you go to NewStThomas.com and uh, and check it out. We did open up more places uh, because of this uh, this Latin Mass crisis. All the um, initial Bible spots are full, but now we have more spots here. NewStThomas.com. And if you did get and sign up for the Bible courses, you also do get that Latin Mass course. So don't worry. You got it all. Okay. Until next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. I don't think I said it yet. Like the video share it, and subscribe it.